This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 9th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless, how are you doing this beautiful Monday? Tim, I'm doing great. I'm riding off of multiple highs right now. I'm mm. riding off the high of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm still like in love with that movie like a week past watching it i still can't stop thinking about it i'm riding off the high of the new kendrick lamar song that just came out last night the heart part five and i'm riding off the high of his album like imminently released it's imminent, dude yeah i, yeah, I, I can't, can't believe wait. it's almost here we're talking about it right before uh we went live here but like i we the biggest risk right now is burning this song out in the next oh, yeah. four days <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean it's just like we need to like pace it because this needs to be special years to come you know what i mean we can't listen to it too much right now but also i don't know if that's possible with this type of kendrick he's just at an all-time high man that's the thing is like i have i always have an ongoing playlist that i call my now playing playlist which is whatever songs that i'm listening to in the moment if a new album comes out and i like three songs from that album those songs go in the playlist right and like that is usually i keep that playlist fresh i'm always updating it that way i never get tired of it and this morning while going through activities putting together khd going to get coffee and all that stuff like usually i would be listening to that playlist i kid you not i was listening to the heart part five literally for two hours like i was yeah roll it back roll it back like i need i I need to listen back to it like that song has been on play the entire time uh the entire morning and it's you know when i think about the purpose of the song right like i was talking to you about how it's not it's probably not gonna be on the album right usually these songs don't make the final album they're just the appetizer they're just Mm, the what our street single baby i love it i miss it the street single but it's the fact that like I, this is the song that you're using to whet our appetites. Yeah. Like maybe the best song I've heard all year. And this is the appetizer, Tim. This album's about to be incredible. I hope yeah. so. And for anyone listening right now that's like, oh, I don't listen to rap music. I, I don't know any of this stuff. Do yourself a favor and just YouTube the music video for Kendrick oh, yeah. Lamar's The Heart Part 5. The music video, just put it on. Don't ask questions. And just watch it. Don't skip ahead. Just watch it the whole way through. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. It's yeah, just fucking it is- crazy. It is incredible, but Tim, you know what else is incredible? Some of the news stories we're going to talk about today. So let's talk about Xbox planning to launch a streaming stick, a Lord of the Rings game from EA, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show tim you know what else i'm excited about mm. friday i'm comes out friday right i've not looked at the calendar in a second i believe it comes out this friday this mm-hmm. Friday, I have off because I'm flying to Houston, uh, Texas to hang out with family. What that means, though, is that I get to listen to this album just on the plane. 
and just yeah. like you know just chill all way dude all the, the way to houston way. That's, I mean, it's a double album. We'll have to do the math and see how long it is. But That's yeah, at least a few, a few times. You're at least the full, full space. I'm going to have yeah. the time and space to process this album. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, housekeeping mm-hmm. for you, in case you missed it, there's a new episode of the Kind of Funny X cast uh, where the crew is joined by Joseph Staten to talk about Halo Infinite Season 2. You can catch that right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe uh, and then over on kind of funny.com slash store you can get the brand new shirt and hat from campfire design studio that features portillo the wiener dog snug in a bun uh nick from campfire finished it last year and it was always scheduled for this month uh, now part of the proceeds will go to central missouri humane society as a way to honor our fallen king and then similarly when portillo passed andy shared a metal gear solid inspired porting design uh, that he never got to finish uh, and well due to your encouragement and a lot of yelling from Greg, Andy finally finished it. And it's our platinum item on patreon.com slash kind of funny and patreon.com slash kind of funny games this month. If you subscribe at the platinum tier at any time this month, you'll get the limited edition shirt. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies and Credit Karma, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, one that I believe Greg talked about on the show a little bit on Thursday's episode, and the one that we hinted at uh, toward the end of Friday's episode because Jeff Grubb has a new report on it. Uh, Story number one, Xbox plans to launch a streaming puck and a Samsung app in the next year. Uh, This is Jeff Grubb at GamesBeat. Microsoft is done waiting for you to come to Xbox. Instead, the company is gearing up to bring Xbox to wherever you are. This is part of the company's Xbox Everywhere initiative, which was expanded last week by adding Fortnite to Xbox Cloud Gaming. While you can already stream stream games from the cloud to your phone and PC, Microsoft also has plans to to expand access uh, through your family room television, according to people familiar with the plans. In the next 12 months, Microsoft plans to release an Xbox cloud gaming streaming device. This will likely look like an Amazon Fire Stick uh, or perhaps a small Roku-like puck. And like a Roku, the Xbox streaming device will enable you to access movie and TV services in addition to a library of games through Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. If you already have a Samsung Smart TV, though, uh, you can maybe skip a separate device entirely. Microsoft is working closely with its partners at Samsung to develop an Xbox game streaming app for that company's televisions. Uh, That, too, should debut within the next 12 months. Uh, Tim, this is one that I I think we've been talking about and at the very least theorizing about for a while because it just makes sense for what Xbox is nowadays, what they've been pushing towards, especially with Xbox cloud game streaming. It seems like it's imminent. What are your thoughts? There's nothing worse than i told you so motherfucker but today i feel now nah, seriously though <laughs> like, I've, I've been saying this i've been saying this and it just makes too much sense the xbox anywhere stuff has been the plan all along they've been building towards this and i it's i think that it's actually more impressive the restraint that they've shown in getting this device out but that also just shows their commitment to building out the strategy taking their time to get it right get the series x and s out there build an understanding of what next gen means for xbox get x cloud working to the state that it is currently as opposed to where it was even a year ago and then boom 
start making it even more valuable to everybody now that Game Pass has proven itself as the greatest value in gaming. Now give people even more ways to get in uh, and then get that the barrier to entry as low as humanly possible so that everybody is playing on Xbox, whether or not they have an Xbox. Like that is the ultimate goal for them. And I feel like they, with things like this, they're going to get closer and closer and closer because what's the price of this thing going to be? If it's $100, that's going to be shockingly yeah. high, right? Mm-hmm. 50 sounds more probable. Hey, I how imagine much is, maybe... How much is a Roku? Kind of, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong, or you can just let me know in chat. Well, that's the thing. is like depending on how high you go. Like the highest, the, the most costly streaming devices are the NVIDIA Shield Pro and the Apple TV uh, 4K. Mm-hmm. And those are getting up there like 180 so it's like that's the highest highest craziest end ones you can get they ain't gonna do that that's what the series s is for right so i imagine they're gonna be more in that amazon fire stick 4k which even the the nicest amazon stick is i think it retails for like 80 but it's 50 dollars all the time i think the bigger thing here is does this thing come with an xbox controller that's what i was gonna say i feel like at a hundred dollars maybe you bundle in an xbox controller with every single one and that's how you justify that price Mm mm-hmm I, yeah. I, I it's interesting because you know you mentioned them showing restraint you mentioned uh them taking their time with it and i agree that like i'm surprised that this wasn't a thing that was available at launch uh given like given what given what the xbox series launch was right it felt like one it was them ushering in a new generation right but it felt like a new step forward for this is what xbox is now right we are xbox series x and we're xbox series s we already have multiple SKUs. we have xbox game pass that we've been pushing and that we're going to continue to push and we have this streaming initiative that we're going to continue to push right right with xbox play anywhere and, and all that stuff for you tim do you feel like now's the time do you feel like we're at a place where we're ready uh, at least within the next let's see let's say 12 months since that's what the report is saying um because for me when you when you mention them showing restraint and mention them like taking their time right it makes me think about PlayStation Now, which came out early PS4 era and felt like it was way ahead of its time in a way that um, led to a not so great launch and not and a not so great like continual rollout for PlayStation Now. Right? I think most of us look at PlayStation Now and go, "Oh, that could have been done better." Do you think that now we're at a place with streaming where Xbox, an Xbox streaming stick slash an Xbox uh, Samsung TV app? can work and be successful oh undeniably and i think that a lot of that has to do not just with the the, where tech is at but just kind of where the understanding of tech is at right i always talk about like the language uh, of new things and how it's so important to kind of nail the education process of how things work to the mainstream in order for it to be a success playstation now coming out when it did it really had no chance to do that because we were still in the infancy of video streaming becoming what it what it's become now whereas now video streaming is just the de facto standard like it is what it is that's how people watch tv right uh that is how people consume so many uh different pieces of of media and content like the two years went by where movies were coming day and date to uh streaming platforms as well as theaters not always but some of them were some major 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 releases were were doing that so the infrastructure is there the understanding is there the language has been taught to the mainstream i feel like with video games that now kind of oh tim i think you might have muted yourself that applies one over that the people understand uh netflix and and all of the streaming services they'll understand oh this is netflix for gaming that's all that they need to be that bridge to get over there and i also think that now that the series x and s have been out in the the wild for over a year now right like the people that want to be those early adopters have done that and even 
with how hard it is to get these next-gen consoles, I feel like we are now further enough into this that all the people that desperately want an Xbox have at least had the opportunity to get one at some point. Or Mm -hmm. if they really put their mind to it just a little bit, would be able to get their hands on one. So I think that's when Xbox needs to look at it and be like, well, cool, now we need to triple down on the software that they have been investing in for the last 10 years. And we start to see as they make all these acquisitions and we get all the logos on a screen of the different developers, what are the projects, what's coming out? And then with the power of Game Pass, it's just day and date. These games are going to come out and they want people playing them. That number that we keep talking about every single time Forza comes out, Halo comes out, whenever Microsoft drops a first party game on Game Pass, it has insane concurrent numbers, right? That first weekend, like they're, they're 20 million this, 20 million that. It's like, cool, you get this uh, streaming device out there for $50 in the hands of way, way, way more people than would ever invest in a Xbox console at this point in time. Guess what? That 20 million turns into 30 million. So it's like that is major success because that means those people are subscribing to the service as well. Yeah, and I think that's even like more so even beyond the streaming device. Uh, like this article also talks about the Samsung Smart TV app, right? And I imagine that that'll expand to more smart TVs. I'm sure Samsung is just the starting place. And like for me, I have a Samsung Smart TV. And Tim, I tell you all the time about how like I use the features on this thing. Like I'm one of the people that is watching Samsung TV Plus and using like going through the channels, watching the fucking like Nickelodeon, Pluto, old school channels and watching those shows. If they're getting an Xbox app on this thing, I'm going to try and use it, right? And, like, who knows if my internet's going to keep up because I only have it through Wi-Fi. But if I can connect an Ethernet cord, right, and, like, actually make that a legitimate way for me to play my games and bounce around different screens in my house, imagine people that might have also a Samsung Smart TV but may not have the console, may not want to mm-hmm. spend the $300, $400 on a console. You download that app for free. You get a an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, right? If you have a controller, you can use that. And boom, like you're in the ecosystem. And that's going to do yep. so much for them. Um, I, I want to go back to talking about price for a second because I think it's interesting because you bring up Xbox Game Pass. And that's one thing we kind of left out of the conversation is I imagine, yeah, once you buy this, you're probably going to buy it with a year of Game Pass, right? Because you have to have that in order to at least take advantage of that. Maybe it'll have, I'm sure it'll have other apps too. I'm sure it'll have like Netflix and shit on that, at least on the, on the streaming app, but on the streaming stick. Uh, but if you're talking about maybe buying the stick, buying a controller, buying a year of Ultimate, do you think, where do you think that ends up in price? And do you think that still completes their strategy? Because it is a price thing, right? Like they do want to sell this for as cheap as possible. Yeah, see, I... I lean more towards the device is the power here as opposed to the bundle. I think if anything, maybe they'll have a bundle option. But the fact that they have the Series S kind of leads me to believe that they're going to go just the cheap route on this. And I would much more expect a $50 dongle with like a month of Game Pass Mm. Ultimate as opposed to $100 with a controller and... And a year. A year or whatever that, that ends up being. I don't think that math adds up but like uh i i feel like the the whole point of this is lower the barrier to entry right so the closer you start getting to that xbox series s price it kind of defeats the purpose do you how do you think this times out in terms of maybe releasing with other titles do you think they try and line it up with starfield do you think they try and line it up with anything mm, i don't think they do i think this is this is more of a it, it's it's Less a get this with this and more of a get this so that you get all of it in the future, right? Like, I feel like they'd want to get this thing out as soon as possible to, like, be able to bolster the numbers so that when those new games come out, people are already using using it and understanding it in the ecosystem, right? Like, I would imagine you want to get it out before Starfield. Mm, that makes sense. Tim? 
Let's jump into story number two. EA is making a Lord of the Rings mobile game. This is Rebecca Valentine at IGN. And Kevin, I have an image you can bring up here uh, in a second as I read through. Electronic Arts has announced it's making a mobile Lord of the Rings game, which will be a free-to-play collectible RPG entitled The Lord of the Rings Heroes of Middle-Earth. The publisher has been coy about details thus far and hasn't released any images or gameplay beyond one piece of art. The game is being made in partnership with Middle-Earth Enterprises, as the image suggests, and will be, quote, solely inspired by Middle-Earth as described in, in the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, end quote, according to Chief Brand and Licensing Officer for Middle-Earth Enterprises, Frederica Drotos. Uh, Heroes of Middle-Earth will apparently feature, uh, quote, immersive storytelling, turn-based combat, deep collection systems, and a wide roster of characters from both The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Gameplay will involve battles uh, across various known stories from Tolkien's works and will include social and competitive play. EA has not offered a release window. Tim, this one do, do anything for you? No, definitely not in almost any way. Uh, yeah. Not really a Lord of the Rings guy and a mobile game made by EA. Like, uh, mm, yeah. not really for me. I, uh, like, and I'm also, I just struggled it. To think about like who this really is for at this point with electronic arts. Like, I don't know that this is what people, what even Lord of the Rings fans would be asking for, but yeah, I think Lord of the Rings gaming fans would want more like Shadow of uh, Mordor and stuff. See, that, and that's where I'm this. at. That's like, that was the, my immediate, immediate thought when I saw this news. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I was like, I'm sure this would be, be for somebody, right? Like, I think Lord of the Rings video games seem to speak loudly to people and. You know, I, when you when you start talking about like a, a mobile game made by Electronic Arts and it's Lord of the Rings, but it's not going to be like connected to the movie stuff. Like, I'm sure you're drilling down further and further into a very niche group, but I'm sure the brand power is there. There, and I'm sure it's going to speak to to a handful. But I am like, oh man, where is what is happening with the next Lord of the Rings game? Like, Monolith is working on Wonder Woman, so they're not working on the next Shadow of War or Shadow of of Mordor. Does that mean we're done? Does that mean we're not getting a next game in that entry in that franchise, or are we gonna wait forever? Like that thought kind of saddens me because I I think those games are really fun and I do want to see more from at the very least the Nemesis system because I feel like that was very underutilized, not even just in the Lord of the Rings game, but like in games in general. General, I'm surprised more WB games and more games outside of that didn't didn't at least try to ape that to some regard, right? I'm sure mm -hmm. part of that must be um, copyright and like I'm sure they or they they patented it, um, but like. I would like to see some inspired takes on that because I felt like that system was so, like, so, it, it was innovative, right? It felt like something new. It felt like something fresh. And it was just a fun thing to play around with when I was playing Shadow of Mordor. I wanted to see more from that. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure this, this, EA Lord, this EA mobile Lord of the Rings game, I'm sure it will be for some folks out there. Maybe Andy Cortez. <laughs> Nerd. Story number three. Tim, this is a fascinating one that I can't actually wait to break down with you. Uh, scientists invent mouth haptics for VR, and it's crazier than it sounds. Uh, I'm pulling from Ryan Dinsdale from the Dimsdale Demodome, a.k.a. IGN. Kevin, I have a video that I want you to prep. Don't play the video. Prep it at 56 seconds in, uh, and I want to watch it with sound. But first, I'm going to read through the story. Scientists have invented mouth haptics for VR that allows users to feel different virtual experiences with their mouths. These include feeling the wind on your face while riding a bike, taking a sip from a fountain, and feeling the, the water on your lips, and covering yourself with spiders that you'll feel running in and around your mouth. As reported by oh yeah. no, too far. <laughs> As reported <laughs> by else? IFL Science. What was that, Kevin? I was saying that's when they went too far. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everything else like, here, everything like, was good, right. and then was like also spiders on your face. 
It's like, why? Well, they, can't, they can't just straight up be like, yo, you get to feel those titties in your mouth. You know what I mean? Oh, Tim. <laughs> Tim, no, Tim, oh, knows. Tim. Tim knows what their real utilization for this is. As reported by IFL Science, inspired by PC Gamer, scientists from Carnegie Mellon University's Future Interfaces Group added ultrasonic transducers to a MetaQuest 2 that focus acoustic energy on the mouth. When partnered with virtual reality demos, this essentially means that users will, will feel different sensations on their lips, teeth, and tongue, depending on what they're doing in-game. The mouth haptics are programmed to do different things depending on the situation, including single impulses, taps, uh, pulse trains, uh, multiple taps in a row, swipes in the X, Y, and Z directions, that's uh, moving along, down, and towards your mouth, and persistent vibration. The different demos shown in Future Interfaces Group's videos include walking through cobwebs in a forest before being covered in spider venom, drinking from a water fountain, sipping coffee, smoking a cigarette, brushing your teeth, and riding a motorbike with different sensations being used to emulate each experience. While this technology is still very early in development, the group study found that a number of factors important for authentic virtual reality, including realism, localization, tactility, reaction, immersion, and visual haptic match, were all boosted as a result of the mouth haptics. The MetaQuest 2 was the only headset tested in the study, but the new technology can seemingly be added to any VR device, and plenty more are on the way. Tim? I read the story. I was like, mm -hmm. I have to watch the video. I started yeah. watching the video. I had to pause the video because I was like, I need to not watch this until I'm with Tim and Kevin because this shit yeah. is insane. Kevin, you can go ahead and play with sound. Oh, God. Persistent vibrations. Our haptic sensations can be felt on the lips, teeth, and tongue, which can this be them displaying how it works. new and interesting VR experiences. For example, in this haunted forest scenario, users must walk through a spider webs to get to a small clearing. Upon touching a spiderweb, an X swipe is animated, simulating the spiderweb being drawn off the face. Uh, so it's a lady walking through cobwebs. Fuck and you! Her face, her face reacts. Mouth, which generates random impulses that simulate an insect scurrying uh. Later, the user must shoot a flare gun at a spider, exploding it into goo that splashes the user. Oh no. This utilizes random impulses centered <laughs> on the mouth at a higher frequency. Finally, there is a large boss spider dripping with venom that rains down onto the user. How terrible is this? Random white swipes on the mouth. Yeah. Okay. We I mean, stop. this is this we is cool. You know what I mean? Cool yeah. Yeah. This is the first step. This is the first step. Oh yeah. The first step. This is the first step. Oh my. You know what I'm saying? Where are we walking to? I don't want to go there. The future, Tim. The future. Yeah. And we're gonna watch it together. I am with you. That I I love pushing this tech forward and making things even more immersive all this i did not ever expect it to get like mouth related like out of all things and like not only not just mouth related but it has nothing to do with taste but, right like you'd yeah, imagine yeah, if you're gonna do but yeah because it's like when i'm thinking about vr experiences or just the 4d experiences whatever it is like normally like you you know you're 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 in your 40 at your local 40x theater or you're at like disneyland doing one of those rides or whatever and sure they input the smells into the room right or they'll poke you in the butt or some shit like that right like things are just happening around you no, no one's making you taste things like that has that's something that everyone's like we ain't we ain't gonna do that just because that's fucking weird but your video games are like you know what spiders are what you're gonna taste but you're not tasting on your mouth and that's the that's, weirdest yeah. thing yeah, like, you're just, you're just feeling it on your tongue just, and on your mouth. Just think about it for a minute. Like mm -hmm. with like a, a headset, where's the the closest place that they can affect you? The mm -hmm. bottom of the headset, they, that's where they have all these little whatever these little doodads are. Uh -huh. But like, eventually they're gonna make them smaller and put them all over a suit, and you're just gonna mm -hmm. be getting poked at wherever you want, wherever you want. 
Yeah, do the math, everybody. Do the math on this. I didn't no, think about the is... teaser mouthing until Tim brought it up, and like now no, I'm bullshit. I'm, the more, Get the more, here, the more thinking about it, more I'm like, think about that. I, I, tr- I trust me. I, my mind didn't take me there, but now that my mind's there, I'm like, yeah, no, that well, is that's because... it makes the most sense. They tried, these scientists tried their fucking damnedest to pretend it was for something else. How the fuck, like, yo, let's just stop for a second and be like, look, I'm Mr. Scientist. I just invented this new VR thing. What are we going to show off our mouth haptics with? I know the answer, spiders. You sick fucks. That is the weirdest fucking thing. Somebody needs to check on these people. This is fucking crazy talk. <laughs> like, it's insane though. Like, the, 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 techno- the technology was the thing first and foremost where I was like, damn, we got here. We can do this. And like, <laughs> like, like, I can't believe, like, here's the thing. VR, when VR was first announced, I didn't believe it that much. I was like, all right, cool. It's a new gimmick. It'll be like motion controls. It'll be here and then it'll dip or whatever, right? And like, the fact that we've gotten this far with VR, where it's stuck around this long to where people are like, all right, how can we push this? How can we do weird shit with it? And like, the fact that this mouse stuff, I, I watched the video and I am like, oh man, this is weird. Oh, this is kind of gross. I don't know if I like this. But also I am like, ah, oh, but like, this seems like it is <laughs> like, it seems like it is improving the experience to some extent. Like, I wouldn't be mad if they put this in PSVR 2. Look, I, can, I don't know. I can see myself Here's getting my some piece out of this. I got. I know a lot of people get, like, motion sickness with VR and stuff. I have to come clean to you, Bless, about something mm. that's really, really personal. I have very sensitive lips. Very, oh, yeah. very sensitive lips. Yeah, sometimes, depending on, like, shower pressure, if the shower pressure is too rain-like on my lips... I get all sensitive about it and I can't, I can't deal with it well. So <laughs> all he, of this he likes doesn't really sound strong good. shower pressure. Yeah. I like it when the shower, like when, it's, when it's like the, it, the if it's tube. not hurting his balls, he's not happy about it. I've heard yes. that before. Mm-hmm. I have sensitive lips. I have so many questions. I've never, that's such a very specific, like I know you're telling the truth because that is such a specific example of mm-hmm. being in the shower and having the shower, <laughs> the shower water hit your lips in a certain way that gives you tingles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. I don't well, like you that. have to live with it now. That's knowledge you, that you have. So, like, as somebody who likes 40x, because you like 40 more than, like, way more than I do, because I'm, I'm like, I'm very whatever on 40. I don't like being shaken around in my seat, uh-huh. and, like feeling the air. It's the future. I love it. So, it's, <laughs> for me, it's distracting. For me, I hate that. But well, yeah, VR but like, I mean, what? I'm sorry, you're distracted. It's Sonic too. You know what I mean? Like the, I, the first time I did 4DX, it was when I watched Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and it ruined that first. Was movie it your first me. time watching that movie? Yeah, it was my first time. Well, that was a that dumb movie. choice. That was a dumb. You I mean, don't you're watch not wrong. Real... It was. Yeah. But like for you, Tim, do, like, does this not excite you? Like in that same way that 4D <laughs> immerses you in the experience well, more? But that's what I'm saying. I love the tech. I love pushing the shit forward because, like, you're right. I am all about this, this, these experiences and all this, the gimmicky shit. I, I live for that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do just have to be real with myself that I have sensitive lips, and this sounds like a nightmare to me. Like I think this would make me too uncomfortable to be able to enjoy spiders in my mouth. I don't know, man. I feel like this is gonna take enjoying spiders to the next level for me but that's (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna take that note if you love spiders you know what else you love patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you i don't know if that's where we want to put our ad but okay (laughs) 
Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Have you ever been rejected for a credit card? It happens way too often. That's why Credit Karma created Karma Confidence Technology, helping members apply with more confidence. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your rewards options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending money that you're going to spend anyways. Of course, I'm a huge fan of that. I love Credit Karma. One of my favorite features is how Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, which helps you apply with more confidence, and then it doesn't affect your credit score. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Uh, they also partner with a wide range of card issuers, so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. I love Credit Karma. It's so easy to use. Fantastic stuff. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Shout out to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode. You know those days when your coffee shop is out of cold brew and your air conditioner breaks and you try to go to the beach but there's zero parking spots? Yeah, life can be hard. Good thing MeUndies is here to help you take a break from the hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. Of course, I don't need to tell you. I got the MeUndies shirt. I got the MeUndies lounge pants. I'm wearing the MeUndies undies, the socks. Even my face mask is MeUndies. I absolutely love MeUndies and their soft micro-modal fabric, and you're going to love it too. I absolutely absolutely guarantee it. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you. Any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. If you sign up for the free to join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. Uh, to get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go! To meundies.com slash kinda funny. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash kinda funny. Tim, enough about spiders. Let's talk about story number four. Uh, the return to Monkey <laughs> Island director has explained why pixel art didn't feel right. And I'm AKAing this uh, story to Ron Gilbert is tired of y'all. Uh, this is Ryan Dinsdale once again at IGN. Return of Monkey Island director Ron Gilbert says that the game doesn't feature pixel art because he didn't want it to be considered a throwback and has responded to those who have, who has, who have criticized the long-awaited sequel's new looks. Quote, Monkey Island 1 and 2 weren't pixel art games. They were games using state-of-the-art tech and art. If I, if I had stayed and done Monkey Island, uh, Monkey Island 3, it wouldn't have looked like Monkey Island 2. We would have just kept pushing forward, and Dave the Tentacle is a good example of that. Gilbert continued, quote, We didn't want to make a retro game. You can't, you can't read an article about Gil Gilbert's 2017 pixel art game, Thimbleweed Park, or sorry, Thimbleweed Park uh, without it being called a throwback game. I didn't want Return to Monkey Island to be just a throwback game. I wanted to keep moving Monkey Island forward because it's interesting, fun, and exciting. It's what the Monkey Island games have always done. I wanted the art in, Mon in Return to Monkey Island to be provocative, shocking, and not what everyone was expecting. It's ironic that the people who don't want me to work or don't want me to make the game I want to make are some of the most hardcore Monkey Island fans. Gilbert concluded, quote, Return to Monkey Island is an incredible roller coaster. Get on and have some fun or stomp out of the amusement park because it's not exactly the roller coaster you wanted. I hope you'll jump on with the rest of us. End quote. This is Ron Gilbert basically being like, basically do, doing the famous Jay-Z quote where he's like, people like my old shit, buy my old album. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, doing, I'm doing me. Yeah, and I yeah. respect it. 
Yo, I respect it too. And like, I think he makes a lot of really good points here. And I know that people kind of like, all right, well, I love these things for specific reasons. And if the pixel look is one of those reasons, it's going to alienate some people. And that's kind of just the way things are, are going to go. Looking at the new screenshots for uh, that they did release for Return to Monkey Island, the art style looks fantastic. Like yeah. if it ended up being some weird Flash game looking ass shit, I'd be like, Ugh, that's kind of a bummer. Like you're definitely cutting corners and you're kind of saying this to save face. That's not the case. Like this is like beautiful, beautiful art so i'm kind of excited for it i mean actually i'm very excited for it where when they announced this me and you were doing the show and we we're talking about wanting to do a, a stream of these games i am so excited to do that bless like playing through monkey yeah. island like these are games that i only know because of the music and i love the music but i want to i want to get in there point i want to click i want to do it all yeah like when we talked about the art style like for me it reminded me a little bit of what super giant does with their art style with like hades uh and yeah. in, in, in their games and like Th that's a gorgeous direction and i'm not necessarily saying that like this is one for one with that or it's going to hit that level but i do like the idea that he is trying to do something new he, in, in his eyes right like hey those games are pixel art because that was the state-of-the-art tech at the time i'm going to work with the state-of-the-art tech of today and try and make something that fits my vision for what this game is going to be today i think it's a wonderful explanation and i love that he's doubling down and being like yo no i'm making a thing for me right like if you like if you are a a fan of monkey island and you're looking for the next game from me, then you're going to look forward to what I am doing to innovate this franchise and not necessarily trying to look forward to a game that fits what your definition of what the franchise is. I'm making something that fits my definition of the thing I create I create is. Uh, and so for that, like, I, I, I very much respect that. And, like, I am very excited to check out McAllen with you as well because we talked about how, like, funny these games seem to be. I think Jared Petty sold us both on the concept of Monkey Island. And, uh, like, you know, we talked about how rare it is to have games that go all in on being something that is, that is comedy focused and being funny and like this is a game that we've heard so many people talk about in terms of uh point and click adventure games and like the iconic ones right monkey island is one mm -hmm. that, that that always always comes up and the way that ron is treating it here in his blog post it reminds me a bit of like you know i always bring up toby fox because I, I love undertale and i love deltarune and all these things right deltarune i remember when that first came out and um toby fox laid out the blog post of hey this is what this is gonna be for me i had my, my, my i had my nervousness where i read through his blog and i was like oh man all right you're saying it's gonna be chapter based you're saying it's gonna take forever for it to come out you're saying like oh it is undertale <laughs> but it is undertale oh man i don't know how i feel about all this but i do think that like when you have when you have somebody that is not necessarily the sole creator because he works with the team he works with other people to get the stuff but you have somebody who is this lead on it right it is his baby he does get to have um uh, so much input on it and treat it as his own that is gonna that that's gonna come with things you like things you don't like but things that will speak directly to the make the thing the person that's making that thing and i think that then lead that then leads to more i think exciting art right the fact that yeah, somebody totally. gets to have so much ownership Kev, uh, I just sent assets a, a link if you could bring up. I want to look at these screenshots because, like, they th for people that haven't seen them, I want them to to see how dope this style looks. Um, for for Monkey Island specifically, I think it'd be be really really cool. But yeah, as he uh, pulls that up, bless like the what are there? What are the other games out there that you feel you want to see like this type of like sequel to? That's tough because. I feel like games like these are, are kind of few and far between, right? Like games that had these classic followings that went away for a long time and would make sense to bring back in this way. Like for me, at one point, I would have said, I would have said Star Wars Battlefront and like that came back and I don't really fuck with Battlefront, like the modern version of Battlefront, but like stuff like that, I would have said like, you know, I don't really have stuff that's like very, like has like a very niche, like 
kind of artiste approach artiste uh, creator auteur, focus like, i would say yeah creator focus yeah. kind of thing but like i do think of like nba street like what would a new version of nba street look like and oh, could yeah. you make it work and make it dope right like stuff like that would speak to me yeah like look at this and kevin you can cycle through the the four different images we have here like this looks fucking cool like i said yeah. earlier this i, I want to point and click all over this Oh, people in chat are saying like Legacy of Kane. Somebody said Portal 3. Portal 3 is actually a really great one. I talked about this recently on an episode of, oh, it was either PS Love You or it was KFTD with Janet. But we were talking about how I could see a new version of Portal taking a lot of inspiration from like the witness and like op- like having an open world um uh, uh aperture science lab where it is instead of going from one test room to the next test room it is cool we're opening it up part of part of the puzzles now are trying to figure out like how to solve the the maze like structure of aperture science and like searching around and like you're not just going through the test rooms the whole game is a puzzle in, in and of itself mm. i think there's so much you can do with a modern portal that could could be cool in that way but also like you know, I would want to see what the creators and writers of Portal would do. Um, that's new, like regardless of what I want. Like I would want to know what they want because it was the uh, one of the writers of Portal that recently talked. It was KFG, uh one of the writers of Portal that talked about how, yeah, like I would love to to work on this again. And I would know his ideas. Like I want to know, like what is it about Portal and Portal, especially Portal Two, that makes you think you can make more of that and make it something good? Because yeah. I believe in what he says. It um, mm-hmm. that for sure would be an answer of mine. <laughs> Somebody said Spiral Four in chat. It's a good pull. I don't know if I need Spiral 4, but I'd be down for it. Tim, let's mm-hmm. hop in to story number five. Resident Evil Reverse has been rated for Stadia. Uh, this is Jordan Midler at Video no, Game Chronicle. No, stop. Bless. What's up, Tim? I will not allow that headline to exist in the year of our Lord 2022. You're telling me we're still talking about Resident Evil Reverse and Stadia, let alone in the same conversation? What? Tim, if if I told you that Resident Evil Reverse hadn't come out yet, would you believe me? No, I wouldn't believe you. I would not. I would not. I was fascinated when I saw the story. The story reads like this. Again, this is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. <sighs> Resident Evil Reverse, the upcoming multiplayer Resident Evil game that was supposed to launch in summer 2021, has been rated for another platform. Uh, while the PS4, Xbox One, and PC versions of the game were rated over a year ago, uh, Gamatsu points out that the game was classified for Stadia over the weekend, suggesting it could reemerge soon. Capcom hasn't given an, an official update on the game since it was delayed last year. Developed by Capcom in partnership with RE Resistance Studio, Neobards, uh, Reverse sees players controlling Resident Evil characters, each with unique weapons and skills in four to six player five minute death matches. Reverse will be available for free for owners for owners of Resident Evil Village. Again, as a reminder, Reverse was supposed to come out either alongside or shortly after Resident Evil Village for free uh, if you had Resident Evil Village. It probably will still be the case that you'll get it for free if you have RE Village, but it's ridiculous that you're getting this um, perk, for, which this game that was supposed to be a perk for RE Village over a year later, seemingly. Might get canceled, who knows, uh, which was released last May uh, for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia. Uh, Tim, what's the over and under of this game actually coming out? That's a really good question. I... I... I feel like it's going to come out at some point. Again, I'm surprised it hasn't already. I don't think it gets canceled, but I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's I think it's going to be bad, bless. I'm sorry to sorry to tell you. You think it's going to be bad? Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. I was hoping that was going to be the case, damn. I was really I'm kind of I'm Reverse. bummed about Resident Evil right now. They were on such a good streak and granted they're still on that streak. I I can't hate too hard, but like mm-hmm. They were just on such a good streak of just like banger after banger in such a small amount of time from we RE7. Well, that's my thing. RE7, RE2, RE3, RE uh, Village. Like all mm. those are just kind of like bang, 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 back to back to back. And now it's been a while. 
since Village, and the, we just don't even have an announcement of the next thing. Mm. You know, I mean, and again, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm speaking from a very very spoiled position with Resident Evil of them. It's just things set us up for this cadence of banger after banger in quick succession. That now it's like, oh shit. Like it's been it's been a while. All the rumors of RE4, but it's not here yet. Where's RE Village DLC? That's the biggest question that's, I have. That's honestly a good one. Yeah, like where is RE Village DLC? You would have you would have thought that we'd have it by now, right? And I imagine absolutely. That maybe that could be the big uh, 2022 game. Maybe at Summer Game Fest Live, you get an announcement for a big RE Village DLC drop this fall. Maybe that could fill the 22 void, and then in 2023, you get RE4 finally. Because I imagine that that has to be a big undertaking. Like you don't want to yeah. fuck up RE4. Yeah. So people in the chat are saying uh, it's only been a year and two days since RE Village came out. I, I'm aware of that, but think back to when RE3 came out before that, and then RE2 before that, and then RE7 before that, and especially when you t start talking about announcements of the games, like this is by far the biggest gap we've had in the last five years with Resident Evil. That's all that I'm saying. Do you think that was planned, or do you think they fell into the yearly thing? Because I remember there being the reports of with RE2 and RE3, those are supposed to be one game, and then they decided further into development that it actually would make sense to, to break it out, but that also led to RE3 Remake feeling like a smaller thing, right? Like, that game was fairly short compared to RE2 and the other RE games. Do you think that was a planned thing for them, or do you think that, like, it was kind of a fluke for, for, the, for RE to be yearly for so long? I, I think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic as well, uh, just mm. where things kind of like fell and landed, especially with where we're at right now. I know that the, they were planning, and Imran told us years ago at this point uh, that the plan was to have them be together. But like getting the products that we did, I feel like that plan changed a long time ago. Like, I don't think that that it was like, oh, let's just split it into two. I think it was like very much they're like, all right, cool. This is this is how we're going to going to do this. And like RE2 felt very complete of an experience. I feel like adding RE3 to that would have been like almost too much game for what they were trying to, to accomplish with all that. So like, I, I struggle to really think about how RE2 and 3 would be released as a single game. But um, I also think it's a little weird that RE3 came out the way that it did. Although it did have that multiplayer mode to kind of make up for it. It's just, that's not what oh we're looking God. for. I forgot that had a multiplayer which mode. Is, which is a different multiplayer different than Reverse. From Reverse, yeah. And mm -hmm. like, Oh, yeah, Resident Evil is very fascinating because it reminds me this Resident Evil almost reminds me of what I talk about with Square Enix, where I'm just like, I have no idea how to predict the quality of what this thing is going to be, where you do have like those RE multiplayer games that don't hit. You have the RE multiplayer game or RE single player games that most of the time do hit. We have RE VR stuff, right? And like, it seems like VR is a very big initiative for them, which like, I think it's fascinating, but the fact, and also with the fact that it seems like it works. Like people loved RE7's VR mode. Uh, there's an RE4 VR game that is out there as well that like I hear good things about. You know, like RE seems like it had, it, it, it seems like one of those IP that, that, that Capcom treats as a, hey, this is a staple. And so we're going to get the juice out of this thing. We're going to put out as much RE as possible. And that then leads to a lot of bummers like REverse that, you know, bummers, I feel like it's saying too much because I don't know anybody who like really was looking forward to it, but you have those things that come out where it's like, mm -hmm. why even do this? Like, why is this a game that you're putting out there? Like, is it is it just to get additional pre-orders for RE, RE Village? And at that case, is it even worth it to develop a game that is a bonus for a game that you're putting out? Like, I don't know. It, it feels like they, they, they treat RE with such like, ah, uh, just put it out, see what works, see what sticks, and, like, just keep keep rolling them out uh, kind of energy that I wish was a bit more buttoned up and a bit more... Actually, no, let's treat this like a prestige thing because RE is a prestige thing, right? Like, these are one. Of, this is one of the biggest releases of the year each year that an RE game comes out. Um, that said, like, 
I, I for one, enjoy that. It feels like they're taking this year off, even though I, I still do predict that, like, we'll probably get a DLC thing sometime later on. Um, just because I feel like af after having so many years of RE back to back to back to back, I could see there being a little bit of fatigue. Because these games are, even though even though they're different, they're similar, right? Like, RE Village and RE7, being first person, still have somewhat of a similar gameplay loop as RE2 and RE3 Remake of, like, the, all right, here's a maze-like maze, maze -like level. All right, you're picking up the items. You're doing Metroidvania-type shit of, like, all right, cool. You loop back around. You have a new door to unlock. You're getting into these fights that you win at the very last second with limited ammo. Like, they're very similar, even though, like, I'm sure fans of the series don't give a fuck. The fans are probably still, like, Oh no, that's my shit. So I'm gonna play it. But I think overall, there's probably still a, a, a an energy of, at least for me, I'm down for taking a year off. I'm down for being like, cool. Let let me hunger for RE4 remake. Let me thirst for it a little bit. Uh, that way, when it does come come out, it'll feel like a big splash. Like that's what I want from it. Hmm. Let's round out the rope report, Tim, with story number six. Uh, an early build of Duke Nukem Forever has leaked. This is Owen S. Good at Polygon. And Kevin, I have gameplay here that you can show uh, as I read through the story. Duke Nukem Forever still won't die. Uh, a leaker claiming to have, have a build of Duke Nukem Forever, similar to one shown at E3 2001, posted screenshots and a video of the game early Monday. And the creator of Duke Nukem, producer George Broussard, says it looks authentic. The leaker, XOR, uh, who posted their findings to 4chan as first by... Uh, by fan site duke4.net says they'll release that build in June. But as Broussard warns, whatever this is, uh, whatever this is, is not much more than a quote smattering of barely populated test levels. Uh, so DNF fans should temper their expectations. Quote: Yes, the leak looks real. No, I'm not really interested in talking about it or retreading a painful past. You should heavily temper expectations. There is no real game to play. Just a smattering of barely populated test levels. I have no knowledge of who leaked this. End quote. In the clip, Duke blasts his way through a burning yet dim dimly lit strip club, encountering minimal resistance as he goes. Police in SWAT gear return fire, and when Duke blows them away, some kind of alien tendrils burst from their dead bodies. The HUD is the cleanest and most modern-looking feature, and it has a, quote, ego meter, apparently functioning like a damage shield, which refills when Duke offs another stooge. Duke Nukem Forever, the sequel to 1996's landmark Duke Nukem 3D, was first announced in development in 1997, originally using Quake 2's engine, but developers switched to Unreal, uh, Unreal Engine soon after E3 1998, uh, one of the several changes in feature creeps that would prolong Duke Nukem Forever's development for another 13 years. Tim, tell me, you were at, when did you first start at IGN? That's my, that's my first question for you here. 10? So you were 11? there, were you there when Duke Nukem Forever came out? Oh yeah, I was. can you tell me about that experience? Because I remember vividly just being hooked to like the the websites and reading the articles of how this thing came out and was utterly trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, what? actually, now that I think about it, I I don't really have memories of that. Really? <laughs> so okay. yeah, sorry for the lamest response ever, but yeah, no, I I don't know if it did or not, but there was it was definitely more of just like oh, this shit's here. It, mm. it definitely didn't feel like an event. It, it felt okay. like a cool. Like maybe they finally maybe it did definitely... it, but it's not good. Why did we? Yeah, I remember more than anything, it was the 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 vibe of like, this is the thing that we all were like, hey, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Now here it is, and we don't actually want it. And it was kind of mm -hmm. like the precursor conversation that I feel like we ended up getting a lot of, um, leading into things like uh, Mirror's Edge, uh, in a very different way. Obviously, Mirror's Edge ended up being a better game than Duke Nukem Forever did, but it was this idea of like, okay, who is the audience clamoring for this, and is it more just like a vocal? group 
that is yelling for something or is there actual a desire for this creation to come out yeah i like it's uh final fantasy 13 versus might not be the best example because because i think there's genuine hype around that still but like it reminds you a little bit of that of people who continue to clamor for a thing right and like this thing doesn't exist anymore after about like 10 years of it being in a development hell but people still want it because they kind of want the closure like i think people were looking for the closure more so than the actual game at that point um and like for me i remember I, I guess it, it might have been a moment for me more so just because I was just a child of the internet and like I was just I was yep. I continually I continually saw the blog posts and saw like it's similar to Half-Life 3 as well where it's like where is Half-Life 3 where is this game Duke Nukem Forever I think had like a similar sort of like ethos around it of people just wanting to know what happened wanting to to know where it is because the previous Duke Nukem game was a thing that people did appreciate on some level right and people wanted to see the next iteration of that thing even if it was bad and what came, yeah. what happened was it came out and it was bad I have vivid memories of playing it was either at like a GameStop kiosk or I downloaded the demo on my PS3 and I were playing through it and being like, this is maybe one of the worst things I've ever, I've ever experienced. I can't believe this game exists. Um, and the fact that like you have this, uh, this build from what was it to like early 2000, 2001. That's crazy to me. Just as like a piece of piece of video game history that like, yeah, this is no, it's nuts, man. Yeah. It's funny. Like Duke Nukem forever to me has the same energy as snakes on a plane. Where it's kind of just like mm. this thing that the internet wanted more than like the world did, you mm. know? And I fucking love snakes on a plane. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, it's always cool to see like video game history stuff like this, like come out in whatever shady way it does. But it's just cool to see like the little like what could have been and the the debug modes and just original versions of like Mario World. And it comes out, it's like, oh, but there's no cape yet. So he still has the raccoon tail. Like things yeah. like that are always just like kind of fun. So. Tim, I can't wait to see what next leak comes out for Duke Nukem Forever because I find mm -hmm. this shit fascinating. But that leak is probably just so far away. If I want to know coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today. We got no out today. There's nothing out today. But wow. I do have a new date for you. Uh, this comes from Gotham Knights on Twitter. Mission update from the Belfry. Or Belfry? 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 B-E-L-F-R-Y? Tim, do you know how I'd say that one? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to go the Belfry. First time. Belfry. Uh, Nightwing and Red Hood uh, Powers Club tomorrow, 6 a.m. Pacific time. It sounds like you're going to get some more info about Gotham Knights uh, tomorrow morning, so look out for that. Uh, deal of the day for you. This comes from Wario64. There is a Humble Games bundle currently going on. Uh, $12 can get you 12 games. Uh, those games are The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners for VR, We Happy Few, Sam and Max Save the World, Observation, Super Meat Boy Forever, Pine, Bartlow's Dread Machine, Gauntlet, Stories Untold, Rad, Super Meat Boy, and Saturday Morning RPG. Uh, and the proceeds from this bundle will go toward helping curing uh, type 1 diabetes. So go hop on that. Uh, you can find that on Humble. Tim, now it's, now it's time for Reader Mail. Of course, you can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get your questions read on the show, just like Jordan Lee Rowan did. Jordan writes in and says, rumors are a Nintendo indie showcase could happen this week. So... What do you expect from it? Pipe Dream, uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Uh, there's no way, right? Lie to me and make me ha happy. Jordan Lee Rowan. Uh, first of all, Tim, my Nintendo guy, have you seen the rumors for this Nintendo indie showcase? Sure. 
I've seen people say that an indie showcase might happen for Nintendo because one hasn't happened in a while. That's that, those are the rumors. Yep. I don't think there's any real substantial evidence that uh, we're getting anything this week as opposed to next week or the week after. Like, yeah, at some point we're going to get another one of these. Um, but I do think that we're overdue for one. So if it did happen this week, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um, with that, I think that uh, we are due for a sports story update of some sort. Oh, um, yeah. And I think that makes a little more sense for uh, as a, a soft block of what would be at a p- potential Nintendo Indie event. I think that Hollow Knight is... Ah, I don't know. That's a little every single time. Yeah. And like, it's going to happen eventually, but where is it going to be a Nintendo indie event or is it going to be a state of play? I I don't really know. I would be interested to see where previous hollow Knight announcements were made. Um, Mm. But yeah, I uh, neon white is one that comes to mind. I would like to see that. Um, That's one that, was slated for early 2022 i think it even was slated for like december last year as well but it keeps getting pushed and that's one that i believe has been at previous um nintendo indie showcases and so i think that's probably imminent i wouldn't be surprised if there was like an and, and it's out today kind of announcement if there was a nintendo indie direct uh, uh this week or like next week soon i think that the, one the, would make the sense. chat real quick uh golden spider 666 says silk song's too big for an indie event i'd say summer game fest if anything but i doubt it so here's the thing. I don't think it's too big for an indie event. Like, I think the, the indie events can be as big or small as they want to be. And, like, I, I think it totally could make sense being announced there. However, I do think, knowing Jeff, he knows, like, he has his finger on the pulse of what gamers want, right? Yes. Elden Ring was his show pony, and he knew that. And any chance he got, he would use that to his advantage. And good for him. I think that Hollow Knight's a similar situation. Different scale, but the interest of the hardcore is there. And I think mm-hmm. that if he had that at Summer Game Fest, it would be looked at as much more of a success than otherwise. So I feel like he's doing everything he can to get it there if possible. What are your thoughts on TMNT Shredder's Revenge? Does that oh, have a my thoughts date? are, and I can't can fucking it? wait for it, man. Mm. I mean, I'm a little surprised it doesn't have a release date yet. Like, it's still summer, and, like, we're getting suspiciously close to summer happening. There's and also the Cowabunga. I think I've so, seen oh, it it's up popping here up everywhere. IGN. Yeah, like, multiple yeah. times in the last couple months. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cowabunga Collection, which I also don't think has a release date yet. Um, so those, mm. I, I don't know. But all I know is I'm about to have a really dope summer between the Cowabunga Collection, uh, Shredder's Revenge, and Cuphead DLC. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. This summer, and in terms of, like, those DLC and indie releases, mm. I think it's stacking up to be something special. And Sonic Origins. And Sonic Origins. Yeah. Like, then that comes out. I'm like, I literally have Blessing Super Fun Game Release Calendar pulled up uh, on a different tab. And I'm, like, looking through. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you know, you're getting Cuphead DLC. You're getting Capcom Fighting in Collection. Sonic Origins. That's June 23rd, right? And, like, let alone Mario Strikers Battle League, right? If we're talk- oh, talking about non stuff. Like, June is second up to be pretty dope, right? The quarry, like... And I'm sure more games will be will, will pop up for for June as well. And then like I look at July, and July looks like it's ready to be filled with games too. Because right now, like for uh, PlayStation, you're probably gonna you're you're gonna get Arcade again because that comes out July 5th. But then you have Live Alive on Switch, Live Alive, live one of those. You have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming out in July as well. And I'm sure there's gonna be more games that pop up. Um, there's also like I've I don't think this game is announced for Switch, but I could see it getting a Switch announcement. Midnight Fight Express. That's a really cool looking indie game that is a beat 'em up. Almost stylistically looks similar to Sifu, except you have a different camera perspective. It's more top-down. Um, but that's a game that looks really dope that I would love to see come to, to Switch or get a Switch announcement. 
Um, and there's like a lot of stuff just that, that's just, just in the ether that doesn't have uh, uh, dates to it um, that I would love to see. Like Cult of the Lamb is one that doesn't have a date. And I don't think that one's announced for Switch either, but who knows? Like that's another indie game that looks like it would fit right at home on the Switch. Mm-hmm. But we'll see, Tim. Tim, before we get out of here, I want to pull in one more question from my dog, Nick96 from Massachusetts, who writes in and says, hey, guys, I have a simple question. What would you rate The Heart Part 5 by Kendrick Lamar on the kind of funny scale? Have a blessed day, my dog, Nick96. I don't think we've ever done a music review on the kind of funny scale. Not with I, don't the scale. Know if a, we, I don't know if there's a can of worms you want to open up, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I'm we've done music open. reviews before, but just b- b- before the scale existed. Um, but, I mean, I, I feel like this song... How I mean, it's a five, right? Like how it's amazing. It totally is. Everything about it, like it's, I, I struggle to think of anything about the heart part five that doesn't get a five from me. Yeah, I'm in some way. Like there's nothing that I can think of that would hold it back. Like I'd like from and not not even just from the song aspect, from the art aspect, right? Like the song, the music video, the rollout. Like watching the video was an experience for me. Like an experience mm-hmm. that I feel like I rarely get from watching watching new music videos for songs, right? Like usually it is a all right, cool, let's check this thing out. Oh man, like you know this person's dancing. Like I'm like music music videos are like, and I don't want to disparage like certain kinds of music videos because I think there's a time and place for for, for everything. But like this, watching this music video reminded me of watching like the This Is American music video where I was like, oh, this is yeah. a moment. like I can totally. tell you right now uh, on like first viewing that like. This is a moment. And I'm going to come back and watch this music music video for ages to come. That's how I feel like watching this music video. And it's the thing of I keep going back and finding new things and finding like new takeaways, new lines that like connect to other lines that connect to the visuals in, in, in cool ways. Like, yeah, it's a, for me, it's a five out of five. I mean, that, my, my thing is like I can't fathom giving it a four because just surely from a technical standpoint, like the, mm-hmm. the verses are just so intricately woven and the delivery is fantastic. Like this is him just at, at a new level. And it's like he's already been at such an amazing level for so long. And the fact that this is standalone from the album, but also is kind of like a sequel to the other heart songs that we've had now over a decade. So it's like we understand what he's doing with this. The production is on another level. Like what he's actually rapping over is something that is, I don't want to say the most unique thing in the world, but it's definitely not common. And I oh, feel yeah. like they're, it sounds, they're like, doing it sounds like a Persona Five soundtrack, but like, it, like even taking take up a notch, yeah, like yeah, yes, that me and me and uh, Tam were talking about that yesterday. Like, I it has me so excited for the album. I think that, that for me, that's one of the biggest purpose uh, purposes of the heart songs is to like gear you up and kind of get you excited for what's about to come. And like, there's always the question of anybody who's an artist, right? Anybody who's like a a an artist ass artist when they're whenever they're leading up to the next project, there's always the question of all right is this gonna be some weird shit like childish gambino he had his last album um that was i I don't forget even what it was called i think it was just called like the date or whatever or like childish gambino presents december 2020 or whatever the fuck it was called listening through that i was just like ah he's on his artist shit and it's not for me and like in some in some areas like i don't think it's that great um and it can always be a roll of the dice especially for artists that you respect because childish gambino is one of my favorite favorite artists ever right like you always never know what to expect but for the heart part five, it's gearing me. It's it's gearing me for what's about to come. And listening to it, I am like, damn, this sounds like it's on another level. Like, if the album is going to be more of stuff that sounds like this, the album's going to be incredible. Um, yeah. And I had that thought, like, even last fall when he dropped the Family Ties um, uh, song with Baby Keem, and he was going hard as hell on that too. I was like, oh, he's in album mode, and yeah, he's, he's about to go crazy. Yeah, like, and and I think the heart part five is another entry into, oh, he's in album mode. He's about to go crazy on this thing, and I cannot wait. Yeah. 
and you brought it up earlier, but like, you know, we got This Is America and that was such a game changer. That was such a statement, an amazing song, amazing video. And then we didn't get that project after, you know, we didn't yeah. get the album that that was leading into. Whereas here it's like, we, we know that in a couple of days we're getting this album. What does he have to say? What does he have the to world say? world is Tim? waiting. God, Tim, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Um, me, you're wronging myself. Uh, the... Childish Gambino album that came out in 2020 was called 3-15-2020, right? So, like, uh, March 15th, 2020. Um, and I wish I liked that album for it. <laughs> I did not appreciate that album as much. Um, Nana writes in and says, uh, price comparison of streaming sticks. Uh, for a Roku 4K stick, you're spending $100. A Fire Stick 4K is 50 bucks. Chromecast is 50 bucks. Um, Stadia controller with the Chromecast was $80. Now it's no longer on sale. Uh, so I appreciate that, nanobiologist. Uh, Nana mentions that we forgot to bring up the the Golem game, Lord of the Rings Golem game. Of course, that's coming out. Um, I don't know anybody's excited about it. Yeah, I don't know if we forgot about it. I think it's just it feels like not non consequential. Like maybe that game comes out and it's dope, but I every time I see that game, I'm like, all right, that looks like a video game. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Nano says uh, Kevin wants full haptic suits for VR. Uh, those already do exist. And he links BH haptics, or sorry, B haptics. I think it's just a chess thing, and then that's existed to the NES, since the NES days. So, chill out, bro. And then Nano says Reverse was supposed to come out with Village, uh, then was delayed to July 2021, and then was delayed to 2022. And so, there you go. Context on Reverse. And that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, the rest of the week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. On Wednesday, you're getting me and Janet Garcia. On Thursday, you're getting Greg and, and Tim. And then on Friday, you're getting Tam and Tim for Tim Tam Friday. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now after this is Mike and Greg with another edition of KFW. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, Tim, game daily. <laughs>